episode 710. Welcome to this show. Are you someone that likes to blow a horn on the soccer sidelines? Or use the clacker, the wooden clacker that you see uh, at a lot of professional games? Do you like doing that? If so, you're my enemy. I'm not a fan of yours, and we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the MLS Academy's overlooked Christian Pulisic because he was too small. So go somewhere else, like another country, and that's what he did. Real Soccer Club in Colorado has another pedophile captured, and which begs the question, do you watch your kids around water? I mean, coaches. Do you? Or you just let them do whatever they want? Eric Katnaugh isn't going to the World Cup. We'll talk about that. But welcome to the show. El Rojo is back. What's up? What up, my brother? Um, how's the sound on that? Comment. Let us know if, if you can hear Jack. Jack, speak. Comment. All right. Comment. That's all Jack has. And the question for the podcast. Do you use a blowhorn to show your support to your child at youth sporting events? That's what I want to know. But we're going to get on to the news. We're going to talk about my experience. I'm coaching again. Not a fan of coaching. I left coaching for eight years, and now I'm back, and nothing's changed. I think it might have got worse, and it's very difficult. And I have a tough team to deal with because I have parents that feel like they have to have complete control of their child's uh, development. They don't want to coach, except during my game, and we'll talk about that. And uh, we're going to get right to it, starting with... Um, youth soccer club faces questions about hiring practices after two arrests. Two of the Real Colorado soccer club's coaches have been arrested in the past two months on child pornography charges. Please. The Real Colorado soccer club has a reputation as one of the top youth soccer organizations in the country. Their website brags of six national championships, 88 national youth team members, more than 1,000 athletic scholars, and more than 5,000 total players, including Mike Stassi's daughter, who played for the club until 2019. They turn out some of the top players uh, around the country. Recently, however, Real Colorado has made news not for the accomplishments of its players, but for the alleged crimes of two of its employees. I mean, it's an absolute shock. On Tuesday, after receiving a tip that child pornography had been shared through social media, the Arapahoe County Sheriff's Department announced the arrest of Eberto Limas Vieres on charges of sexual exploitation of a child. Limas Vieres is a coach at Real Colorado, though he has now been suspended. His arrest comes two months after sheriff's deputies arrested Bud Harper, an age coordinator and a former coach at Real, also on child pornography charges. To hear about that going on behind the scenes, um, that's scary. Mike Stassi's daughter played for Harper three years ago, her last year with Real Colorado. I mean, honestly, I didn't have a great impression of them. There wasn't a whole lot of interaction. Stassi says the charges against the two coaches are deeply disturbing, and he's hoping they'll bring about major changes in the way Real screens its employees before they're hired and evaluates them afterwards. And the fact that you, you see some of this coming out, it, it makes me question even more some of what is going on and how these teams vet them, do background checks, do training, and then hold accountable. In a written statement, Real Colorado said they conducted background checks on both coaches and there were no red flags with either of them. They also said the conduct in question did not occur. Are you coached by a pedophile? Maybe. 
if they act a little weird, if they touch at all. Jack, let's switch to your camera view. Okay. All right. So I'm going to demonstrate this. If you're doing this, and it's not your child, this is grooming. Hey, how's it going? You can't, you can't do that. Be like, you can't, can't do hugs. If they do that, they're a pedophile. Coaches, you can't touch. Parents, if your coach is touching your child, you know, at, at, when they're trying to sub them on, everything's going to be okay, and they rub their shoulders or whatever. You're a pedophile. Um, can't do it. I cover that on every Sunday show. There's always a new pedophile. It seems like it's every week. Are you going to be that parent? Comment. That's going to allow things to happen and be like, oh, that coach, oh, that was kind of weird, but I don't want to say anything because, you know, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. Be uncomfortable. And I'm uncomfortable all the time coaching my son's team because it's just a bunch of nut jobs. We're going to talk about that shortly. But first, we're going to talk about Christian Pulisic. During a chat with an In Soccer We Trust podcast, former U.S. youth coach Hugo Perez revealed that MLS academies overlooked Christian Pulisic because he was too small. When I was coaching the U.S. U14 national team, a name came up, and it was Christian Pulisic. They told us this kid doesn't play for Big Academy. He plays for PA Classic, Perez said. We brought him in, and I said this kid has a lot of potential. I was surprised when he left for uh, Borussia Dortmund because he had contacted some MLS teams and, and told them they need to keep him on the radar and come to watch him. But at that time, they were concentrated on too much of the physical part. We went, so they went to Europe to play a couple tournaments and European scouts saw him and the rest is history. Plisic played for PA Classic until he was 16 and then he moved to Germ Germany and signed with Dortmund. So uh, that is our problem. That's what we have from youth soccer all the way, you know, rec, all the way to MLS academies, we have a big confusion of playing soccer in a certain way versus being physical and big and athletic. And that's a problem. There's not enough coaches that will focus on developing players, at least trying to play the right way so you can actually, uh, one, develop them, two, uh, try to create an environment that everyone gets better. And it's very similar as far as, you know, playing the game. And when I say similar, I'm talking about what you see on TV. What you see on TV at the highest levels in the English Premier League, uh, you'll see that players have to make decisions on every part of the field, regardless of where it's at, what, whether it's in the attacking third or the defensive third. In the defensive third, in your defensive half, teams in, in America from MLS academies on up or excuse me, and below, you can't think. You have to kick it, you have to clear it, and you have to listen to mom and dad with their little clackers, which we'll talk about shortly, um, about how uh, you must create panic and you must get the ball out because you might get scored on or something like that. It's, it's a big problem. But the last news story of the day, we're going to talk about the World Cup, and then we're going to talk about parents and how we cheer, how we use blow horns, how we use clackers now. And I never knew this was a thing uh, at the rec level, but it is. We're talking about Eric Kentnaw. I want he says this. I won't I won't watch even one game of the World Cup. It's difficult for me because it's an event I love and always have loved since I was young. 
that I look forward to watch and watch with a passion. Let's be honest. This World Cup makes no sense. Even worse, it's an abomination. Qatar is not a football country. There is no fever. There is no taste. And an ecological abbreviation with air-conditioned stadiums. This is madness. This is stupidity. But above all, a human horror with thousands of deaths to build these stadiums. That will only be needed to entertain the police or public present for two months. The only meaning of this event, and everyone knows it, it's about money. Whether France wins or lose, loses doesn't matter. There are no more important things than football. Instead, I'll watch all the episodes of Columbo that I haven't seen for a long time. That's Eric Catnall, and he speaks the truth. This World Cup is, is goofy. A lot of people were fired and arrested over having this uh, World Cup in Qatar because it was bought. But it, well, Megan, speaking of who got bought, get, get off my show, Megan. She's always coming on my show. <laughs> Megan can't stop herself from coming on my show. She's bought and paid for. That's why she speaks however she speaks. But let's get on with the show, what matters the most to me. But before we get to that, we have some comments, Jack. Yeah, it's just some, I don't know, uh, from Troy Quarter, I hate those stupid horns, and then from uh, Carlos Flores, I have a, um, I don't know how to say that, and a wooden noisemaker. Oh, uh, yeah, those are annoying. When it, when I first got, you know, I heard the, the madness of the noises of those, it was in the African when the World Cup was in the in Africa, it was horrible. Anyway, so apparently these are being sold. So if you want to make some money, you can go to your nearest uh, youth soccer league or some park. Parents buy them now. So the, the so let me ask you a question out there: Wh- What is that feeling you get when you're at a game that you feel like you have to bring a blowhorn and blow? to show support for your child comment. Let me know. Is this something that is needed for you to make you feel better or to let your child know that you're there for them? Cause that's what they need. They need that. Uh, a lot of questions I have. So uh, on this past Saturday, we played the sand sharks, Scottsdale sand sharks. And uh, we're actually winning. We're connecting some passes look really good. And then, um, and we got scored on, and then suddenly these clackers came out, these horns came out. I'm like, what the heck is that? They were like trying to create, I don't know, a manipulation of children to let them know that, you know, uh, we're louder than your sideline, therefore we'll win. I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but these, uh, this whole environment of screaming, yelling, and now horns and clackers are at you 11 games this this is needed this is uh very important so you you had the sand sharks which was very similar to the santos which is probably very similar to every team we're going to play there's going to be loudness there's going to be clackers there's going to be horns and it's going to be very loud because it's not about the kids on the field it's about the parents i'm just confused about all that but let's set that to the side. I want to give you my experience. I show up to the game on time. And of course my 
my family show up whenever they want and they slowly show up and we had to borrow some players. So I, I had a mixed group. Uh, we're missing some. So we had to borrow from the rec league to help make sure we had enough players. And I had like almost too many. And I had some parents coaching their kids. Like when I'm trying to coach them, like in our little huddle, you had a, you had parents pull kids to the side and they're like whispering like all these these uh these things that they're gonna do, and um, I'm like okay, and then I had some parents just chime up on the sideline. Even Jack, Jack was out of control too, you know, making comments to Jet. Uh, let me ask you a question, Jack. Put you on the spot. What what goes through your what are you hope what what was going through your your mind and body as you were like throwing coaching. But you're you're giving advice to Jet. What what was going through? What what was happening there? Uh, to be honest, I was like frustrated. You you felt emotion, huh? Like, I guess, yeah. So Jack felt emotion, and he was trying to give Jet pointers, and and I was gonna yell at you. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna leave it alone, and then you know, I just don't get it. I'm like, even when parents cheer, good job, <laughs> good job, guys. Like, what is that? Like. I don't get the need of it. Well, I got to show my, my, my child, my support. Why? Well, because they need to know I'm there. You brought them. I don't understand. Why can't the kids just have the game and it, let it be theirs. And you as a parent or a, a sideline cheerleader like Jack, just sit there and just observe. It's their game, but no, we got to bring horns into it. Which it just blows my mind. So really, let's let's think about this a little bit. The kids that are playing, 10, 11-year-olds, so, some younger than that, they're trying to perform. And then with their young little minds trying to deal with not only the soccer, the soccer ball, their teammates, the opposition, they have to listen to their parents from the sideline. Then they have to listen to me as a coach trying to give them direction. Then they have to hear a horn and a clacker and the opposing coach, which acts like a complete idiot, by the way. Just every coach I compete with in ASA, they're up and they're screaming and they're going up and down. It's just like crazy. In this game, because I had, I had even had a parent all the way at the end of the field, like behind the goal. I'm like, was he coaching from there? And then, then I had one parent um, screaming in Spanish, coaching from another uh, from the other end of the field, and another parent joined them because they know if they stay too close to me, I'll lose it. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. I stopped coaching during that game. I'm like, I'm not coaching anymore. Why? What's the point? Why add another voice to it? And it's very complicated. This is going to be the one of the tough. If I survive this year, I'm better than I think I am. It's going to be tough because I have to talk to these parents and hopefully some of their parents are watching right now or get access to this uh, video. Uh, we're going to have a parent meeting and we're going to have a conversation. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's rethink everything. I never want to coach club again, ever. I take my son who decided to play soccer again to a tryout. It was a team that was, made up players of similar ability and, and or I'm just grateful Jack could play the coach 
decided that he can't do it anymore because he's taken on too many uh, teams and he's having another baby, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so they needed a coach. They asked me a coach and I took it. I wasn't seeking it, nor am I taking payment of any kind, none of it. And I am trying to give these kids, these families, an opportunity to actually learn the technical side of the game because it's going to take that to actually enjoy the game for a lifetime. And they can't wait because of this whole instant gratification that we live in where we must win right now on this given day on a Saturday against the Sand Sharks of Scottsdale. We have to win right now, and I'm going to make sure we're going to win because I'm going to tell them, my child, what to do in these situations to ensure victory. What are you doing? You, you gave nothing. You're not there at practice. You're, you're not available for that, but you're, you're wanting to insert yourself on a Saturday because you're there. I, I don't understand it. I, I don't get it at all. So uh, my team's all in disarray. So I have to have a conversation with the parents and it's going to be constant education. Uh, I want, and parents, uh, like I, I mandated it last week. I'm like, I want all the parents to be right next to me during practice. If I don't want them sitting in random places. Be right with me because I want you to hear what I'm saying. I want you to understand that what we're trying to teach because it's constant education, not only for the children, but for the parents because if the parents don't buy in. It can't be done. They won't be able to handle it. So the question I have for you, the parent, and any listener, listeners out there like, this guy's crazy. Yes, I am a little crazy. Soccer will do that to you. Um, youth soccer. When can development happen? How does development happen? Is there any time when you're trying to learn a new skill or anything that requires a moment of silence, a moment of process where you actually get to process things and be in an environment that you're allowed to think and fail and, and then take those failures and overcome it. Are you allowed to do that or no, you can't fail. Where are we? I don't know where we are, but to you, the sand sharks, the Santos, um, every, every other club, every team you're facing, why do you feel like you have to influence the game in such a way where you're screaming to craziness after you scored your 10th, 11th, 12th goal that requires horns and all that? Do you, do you not think that affects other things? Or is that about um, kind of like jabbing the opposition, look at us, we're better than you, we're going we're gonna to let you know, we're going to blow a horn and just uh, – Annoy you to the point of we could get in a brawl. Put that video of that brawl in. Any of them, they're all brawls. This is what it leads up to. Grab one. Throw it in. You have? You got tagged in the head. Oh, wait, he's fine. Yes, it was, Mom. Calm down. All right, get it off. That mom's annoying. So that's a mother, and they, they're everywhere. They feel like, oh, they, he hurt my child. He tagged him on his helmet. He ducked, and he, hit, he tagged him. Welcome to life, mom. But are you that parent too? Oh, he kicked him in the shin guards on purpose. It's so emotional versus learn from it. Why can't we just breathe and allow our players to experience sport? 
and the sport is flawed. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be all these little things that cause problems, for you, but you don't have to overreact and insert yourself. And that's what parents do. They insert themselves, whether they're speaking to a 14-year-old ref or they're speaking to the opposition, they're speaking to the coach. You just always have to insert yourself. Why is the question. Why do you have to do that? Throw in the next video of parents losing it. That's a coach. Boom. Yeah. It's so loud and all that stuff. Get the kids. Get the kids. Get the kids in line. All right. Okay. Yeah. It's a Pop Warner football game. It's no different than you soccer. That's where it's escalating to. We're just going to put the clackers. We're better than you. Then it's going to be the horn. Beep. We're going to poke at you until there's a reaction. And then we'll see you in the parking lot. Throw in the last video. You're crazy. Look at, look at this crazy parent coming on the field. Get him. Yeah. You want to see the tape? Yeah, get it up. So, and I, and I saw the tape actually because I did a video. I did this on a podcast a long time ago, but the, the kid didn't clip him. Hit him from the front, but he's saying he heard him in the back. And that's how emotional it gets. It's very emotional in the game, but I don't know why the emotions of the game require a horn, but that's your prerogative. That's your prerogative. But I'm just confused. Like, where is the game going? Like, nothing's changed. It's only gotten worse. Yes, Jack? Um, Well, I was just putting up this comment. All right. Do you want me to say it? Sure. It's hard sometimes to sit with other parents because of their crazy comments and coaching from the sidelines. It is. And that it brings up a, a, an important thing. Like, so if you cheer, say Johnny is on the field and kicks the ball really hard. You're like, good job, Johnny. That's coaching. No one needs to hear that. No one needs to hear it. What if me, the coach, I wanted the kids to take a touch, look up and make decisions versus just kick it really hard so they can hear the horn that you purchase at a party store so you could blow at youth soccer on a Saturday. Like, what kind of parent are you? And you are my enemy. I don't like you at all. Why can't we just let sports, youth sports be sports? Why can't it be the kids? No, I must insert myself with the horn. A horn? Jack, should I bring a horn? Uh, Yeah. You want a horn? I, I want it. I was talking to mom about it. You want a <laughs> so, so I could like horn back at them. Just Oh, you want your own horn? Yes. Like you put in your shin guard like a kazoo? No. But like if if one of the Oh, other oh, as a yeah. a sideline. If one of the other parents brings one, I'm going to just blow back at them. And then what? Uh, a brawl, I don't know. <laughs> brawl. So, a, any other comments? Um, yeah. We have parents that don't understand shoulder-to-shoulder contact. They whine about every hit their daughter takes. Every touch is a foul. That is true. How dare you touch my child is kind of a thing. But uh, How I, dare you? I'm taking on this fight. And when I say fight, is finding a way to get, get, the, get the parents to buy into development. Um, the first game I coach with um, my son's team, uh, we're playing mass and uh, soccer club and we're like connecting passes all over. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like it's not supposed to work this fast. 
And we ended up losing like 3-1, but we're up 1-0. But it was like, it was beautiful because the kids were like learning and connecting passes and they weren't panicking. But by the end, by the second and third game, because of the scores went crazy, and I'm sure the parent influence of screaming at their ch- children in the car or giving them great coaching advice before games, um, certainly it's the last one that that uh, they don't play anymore. And those players that had confidence of taking a touch, looking up and trying to make good decisions or at least a decision were forced to just kick it. And this is the battle. When, when can I have an environment where the kids are allowed to think, spin and turn away from pressure, looking up and making a connection. If they decide to play one touch it, cause it's their decision versus your decision. Why is it that it's so emotional? And, and I feel the same emotions. No one wants to lose. No one wants uh, the, the pain and misery of failure, but you have to accept it. You have to harness it and keep it to yourself. If you were that concerned, parents who are coaching their kids on the side, you know, like, oh, I got a secret play for you. Don't let the coach know kind of thing. Um, if you care that much, why aren't you getting up at 5 a.m. before school or, or putting time into it where you're actually training your children, you know, working on individual technique or just touches on the ball? Are you doing those extra things? Are you? Probably not is my guess. You just have to win on Saturday and you have to give your your secret advice on Saturday. That blows my mind. Like these parents that are coaching and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'll just be the sub guy. I've, it's so frustrating because I've, I coached youth soccer for 20 plus years. I've developed so many players from average to uh, good players. Every player I've been around for a long period of period of time of learned enough technique to love the game for a lifetime where they're still playing today because they love it. They love having the ball, knowing that they can manipulate the ball in such a way that others can't, and they can kind of show off some creativity there with soccer. Uh, But it takes time. I've been a director of coaching. I've been a a technical director, college coach for 19 years. Uh, I'm known for, taking kids to the next level. And then I start coaching again and I'm being treated like I'm a moron. Cause that's how you would feel. If you didn't trust your coach, you had to do the coaching secretly behind. Um, it was halftime, halftime our game. And I'm trying to talk to kids, you know, I even brought a board with magnets and stuff to help them show spacing. And one of the kids wasn't there cause he, he's I was telling them secret stuff. What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know what, what are doing. we doing. What are we doing? So why can't we let kids fail? Well, they cannot fail. You have to go through that process. You have to put a little bit of effort into the training part. But, you know, on th- uh, Wednesday's practice, we, we only train twice a week. Wednesday's practice, I had four. Four. <laughs> and I'm, and, and, but don't worry, I have... I have a one-to-one ratio on coaches on Saturday, which is awesome. So are you cheering? What, what, what cheers you tell me what's acceptable? Is that acceptable? I mean, what, what can you do? Tell me. Can't tell me. I can't tell myself, but um, I'm now going to watch better call Saul season six with my daughter, Ryan, unless we have any questions or concerns. 
But I'm going to tell you this. Every Sunday, I'm going to give you a recap of what the heck happened on Saturday coaching my son's team. It's nerve-wracking. Scary. Always crazy. It all, it's all crazy. And it's not enjoyable. It's like stressful. Because I'm not stressed about losing. I'm stressful, stressed about what the opposition's going to do with apparently horns and clackers. How much is the uh, the the other sideline going to scream and yell? And it's nuts. And then I have to stress over how much influence are my parents putting on the kids that I'm coaching. And, and it's a... It, it's a constant battle. And the thing is, I'll take on this battle. I'll take it on. I, I had actually had a parent say, hey, uh, when do you think we're going to start doing uh, uh, out-of-state tournaments? I'm like, what? <laughs> out-of-state? We just gave up 30 goals. You, you, you want 90 goals in two days against you? I'm like, what are you thinking? That's insanity. Where, where am I? Like, for What? You you want to pay money for this? Let's go Las Vegas and get murdered. Not only uh, uh, playing uh, blackjack, but on the soccer. Are you kidding me? Here's my rule of thumb when we leave state. Soon as we can beat everyone in the state of Arizona. That's when I want to leave state. Are you kidding me? Oh, my word. We live in a strange world. But, Yeah. I wonder how much parents are actually going to talk to me knowing that I'm going to out them on my Sunday podcast. Uh-oh. What mom say? Well, she said that Jet said I could use his trombone next Saturday. <gasps> nice. Yeah, Jet, Jet has the trombone. I'll bring in the card just in case someone has a horn. Bring it. So if you're a parent or a coach that have to scream, yell, blow something, um, play a clocker or whatever, um, you're my enemy. And I'll find you on Saturday, and I'll let you know. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this goes. If, if any of the things I talk about will work, um, we're going to find out real soon. Or all the parents are going to quit, and I'll end up with, like, three, which I'm fine with. I can roll that way. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever else podcasts are found. And we're on Spotify now, even the video version, like Joe Rogan. That's cool. Yeah. You can find us on there. Uh, support this podcast by donating donating to the Phoenix College um, athletic uh, donation page. I don't have a video for that. But uh, you can support us. And if you want an instant message. Oh, oh one, one other thing. So one of my Japanese kids lost a bike. Uh, well, got it stolen. And I put on Facebook, hey, it just kind of said, what, what happened and how he lost his bike. And I was looking for anyone could donate a bike. I had so many people contact me, wanted to donate from everywhere. I, 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 I feel so blessed. There's so many people out there that are willing to, to give, and I'm very appreciative of that. So thank you for all those that stepped up and offered their bikes and money for it. I, I really appreciate you and, and for your willingness to help others. So we'll, we'll end it on a good note. We're grateful. Yay. But this concludes our quick to the point podcast and uh we'll see you guys next sunday 8 p.m mount standard time by the way the bears are number three in the country still and uh we have three big games we play scottsdale community college on tuesday thursday we play excel soccer academy oh your club oh fives ask striker if you can play and then uh saturday we play south mountain
and see if we can remain and keep our ranking up nice and high. And this concludes our podcast. See you next Sunday.